Hello, and welcome to Solo Cristo, where we search the scriptures to find answers to cultural and biblical questions to help you find confidence in Christ. Hey, thanks for joining us on Solo Cristo. Uh, this is Johnny, and I'm joined with the usuals, mm. Will and Chris. Hello. Go ahead and give us a mm. 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 There we go. All right, so we're all here today. Um, it's actually been a little break that we took from recording, so this feels good to be back in studio. Mm-hmm. Um, our studio is just a room. Yep. Mm. Nothing special. The stewed. Yeah. We've poured an incredible amount of funding into this podcast, oh, as, yeah. you ca- as you guys can tell. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we'd, like to, we'd like to thank all of our contributors and mm-hmm. our uh, Patreons right yeah. now. So far, it's um, my mom. and My spouse. Johnny's spouse and Will. Mm-hmm. It's myself crazy. i have not contributed anything <laughs> it's all been my mom yeah so it's it's awesome to be back at it again um today we're going to be talking about uh essentially leadership qualifications within a church um teaching qualifications um stuff like that so when we started the podcast we actually put out there um we asked people hey what do you guys want to talk about you know what are some concerns about the church that you guys have and one that came up um pretty frequently was Concerns about um, who was preaching behind the pulpit in people's respective churches. Um, what I mean, what I mean by that is, should we just allow anyone behind a pulpit, you know, to to teach the congregation? Should it be open to the entire congregation, where just anyone can come up and share a word as long as they get the blessing of the elders? You know, um, should it be kind of an open pulpit scenario like that? Um, should it be a place where people can just come up and share testimonies and just share stories and kind of pass that off as, you know, the regular teaching of the body in the, in, uh, on Sundays? Um, should there be some sort of qualification or some sort of um, overwatch or overseeing over, um, you know, the teaching on, on a Sunday over a congregation? Um, and should leaders, you know, have um, qualifications? And if so, what are those? Are there, are there biblical qualifications or is it just cultural? Um, you know, should you just have one person? teaching the congregation, just one single pastor who has a, you know, 70-year degree from a $100,000, you know, university and no one else can teach, you know, like, what is it? Are there any um, qualifications like that? And the answer is... Yeah, so uh, with with any question within Christianity, <laughs> Christianity, Christianity, the first place to start is always going to be the Bible. Um, so to start out, we do want to read a couple of little excerpts from Scripture. The first one's going to be from First Tim. It's going to be chapter three. I think it's just first one through three, four, three or four. You'll find out. All right, First Tim, chapter three. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer or elder, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. We'll go ahead and stop there, and then we can jump over to. Is it Titus? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna read a, a second um, section of scripture um, in Titus. Um, 
but this could be probably one of like the easiest topics that we'll do because there's literally multiple lists of just things that you know what a elder or an overseer is supposed to look like so it's literally a list it doesn't get any easier than this but at the same time you'd be surprised i mean we all see like how many underqualified yeah you know oh for sure elders pastors are out there um and that's actually like a really big reason why we started doing this because we we thought there were too many people that were underqualified so we stepped in. So we stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. not. Um, we just decided to join. This was perfect timing to join. So many underqualified. Yeah, right. Might as well <laughs> blend right in. in. Yeah, just blend in the sea of faces. But we're going to jump in straight into Titus 1, 6-9. If you have your Bible, lift it up so I can see. All right, everybody here has one. All right, Titus 1, verses 6-9. through 9. All right. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild and rebellious. A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. And we're going to jump straight up back to the top. And in the first verse that we read, uh, verse 6, it mentions that a elder is supposed to be blameless. Um, for a lot of people that they automatically assume that's perfect uh, or, you know, everyone assumes that pastors are, you know, perfect. They never sin, they never fall. Um, and to, to an extent, like they are held to a different standard. I think we kind of, we, we all agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bible agrees. You know, but it, it, that does not mean that they're uh, perfect, but obviously there are uh, standards like, you know, your pastor cannot, you know, be with other wi- other people besides his wife, he can't be. We rock- can't. We can't either, though. Yeah, we can't either, but especially him. <laughs> especially <laughs> him, because that would be a bad example. Even worse. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, y- your pastor can't be like robbing Seven Elevens, you know, on the you know during the week and then preaching on you know on Sunday. So there are standards, um, but I think a, a lot of people like to rag on their pastors. I've fallen for it. I mean, it's it it happens to to all of us. Um, so I think this this kind of we'll talk about this first, where a pastor is really just a person that's put in this specific role, mm-hmm. and he's just hopefully doing his best. Um, and um, it's just I feel like we all fall into that kind of weird space where we, you know, play the blame game a lot. Yeah, yeah. The like you were saying, the the Bible is very clear about it, kind of just giving those straight up list of right. qualifications um, and requirements. Um, but it's the application of those mm-hmm. that people can kind of have different conversations about. Um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to speak to kind of that blamelessness, like you were saying, and how, mm-hmm. you know, pastors are still human, you know, mm-hmm. still people struggling with their own um, things, like they're not perfect. Um, James chapter three, verses one and two, um, James is literally says that, he doesn't want many of you to become teachers. Right. Right. So he's, he's, he's writing a letter to the church and he's saying, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. Mm-hmm. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness than what you guys were talking mm-hmm. about. But he goes into why in the next verse. He says, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Right. So, so what James is saying here is, and, and, that if you continue just reading that passage, he goes into talking about the tongue and the, the power of the tongue and how it's so difficult to keep bridled and how it's it can cause forest fires, you know. And he's saying, look, we as men can't even control our tongue perfectly. If you can, you're a perfect man. He's not saying that there are 
men like that. He's saying yeah. no one is. Yeah. Yeah. But what he's saying is now look, as a as a teacher in the church, you're going to be using your tongue to teach people, to instruct them. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, knowing that, hey, you already, you're going to struggle with always, you're never going to say all the perfect things all the time, right? And for that reason, you need to understand that like, hey, not many of you should take this upon your shoulders, you know, to to take the responsibility of um, teaching the congregation in that that responsibility. Now, um, I think there's kind of a difference between like when it says like you'll be judged with greater strictness. I think more so what it's talking about is the fact that if you're a teacher, you've taken on the responsibility, you know, for these people. Mm-hmm. And so God's going to hold that to a standard that's higher than um, just the lay person like us, right? Like we don't, we don't teach in our local churches. We are, you know, more lay people. We're not elders. We're not pastors. Um, you know, I, you know, stack chairs every now and again. So it's like me stacking a chair is a much lower responsibility than me instructing the congregation right. yeah and for that reason i'm not going to be judged to that standard of responsibility that the pastor is um so just kind of to clarify i think that's kind of a bit of a difference when it comes to the judgment that's coming for teachers yeah you are, are someone who's in a in a position of teaching they are taking up the responsibility of leading someone astray if they are not teaching right. proper scripture, if they are not if they are not teaching the true gospel. They are taking up the like I said, the responsibility of um of that false teaching and they will be judged accordingly to that. Yeah, I mean it's a it's no small task, that's for sure. I mean, I feel like nowadays a lot of people aspire to be a pastor. I've 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 felt it in myself. It's like, it, you know, that'd be really cool. Like the on, on surface level, just the way it looks, you know, you're on the stage, you're like, mm-hmm. you're like the guy. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, kind of just doing a little bit of research on it. It's like, it's a lot of work. It's day in and day out. You're, <clears throat> you're studying the scripture. You're getting phone calls from people, like problems, depending how big your, your church is. Like there's, you know, you can be working 12 hours a day easily through all that. Um, and you know, you have to be a good manager of that. I mean, it says you, you have, you're, you have to be God's steward, not uh, self-willed or, you know, quick tempered. A steward is basically just a manager, like manages properties in, in a way, just as kind of like a example, you just manage. Um, and in the spiritual sense, you manage people's spiritual life through what they hear, what they teach, um, all that. And um, there's a really cool quote, um, from Calvin, uh, uh, what's his last name? No, that's his last name. John Calvin. <laughs> Calvin Calvin. Calvin Calvin, yeah. Um, it goes like this. I, I love it. It says, the pastor ought to have two voices, one for gathering the sheep and one for warding off and driving away the wolves and the thieves. Scripture supplies him with the means of doing both. Oh, John. Yeah, he's a good one. He yeah. to say and I'm going to follow it with another one of, um, I w- you know, this wouldn't be me speaking, and you know this is me because I'm quoting a Vodi uh, uh, yeah. And his goes like this. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's, it, it's just kind of moving on. It's not on the same, uh, same topic as, uh, John Common, but it goes like this. This is kind of like summarized. It's not, uh, word for word, but, um, it's uh, basically speaking on gentleness. Uh, gentleness is not unmanliness. It is not a lack of strength. It is not a lack of power. It's power under control. Gent- gentleness is the God who spoke the world into existence, but also, uh, died hanging on a tree. Wow. Yeah. Thank yeah. Cody. What more needs to be said? Yeah, because we're, well, not we, but 
uh, teachers and pastors and elders are called to gentleness. Yeah. yeah. Right. But in that sense where right. it's like understanding that, hey, look, if you're aspiring to be an elder or a pastor or, or a teacher in the church, you need to understand that you're aspiring to a noble task. Mm-hmm. Um, and that undertaking, yeah, it's going to come with some, you know, nobility. But what you're really doing is saying, I'm going to lay myself down and I'm going to let myself, you know, be walked on so yeah. that you guys can all yeah. make it over this. Yeah. I don't know, in my analogy, a puddle or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm going to, I'll take the arrows, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do all the heavy lifting, all the work. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you guys get proper teaching, that you guys are reminded of Christ constantly, that you guys are safe and secure um, in the faith community mm-hmm. and in your, you know, in your own homes, et cetera. Like you're taking that undertaking. So absolutely. It's this massive, yeah. massive calling. And it's a calling that can only come from God. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's being sold as this glamorous occupation. It's not even a calling anymore. Right. It's become kind of like this influencer position, especially now with, with social media and mm-hmm. you know reels we've seen them like we all tiktok scroll pastors through them. yeah exactly tiktok pastors um it's turned into like a just a like an influencer like if you if you can talk good if you're convincing if you have charisma you know you have all these qualities that people like to listen to you're qualified to be a pastor yeah um so that, I, feel, I feel like it's the 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 seat of the pastor has been completely you know miss what's the word <laughs> miss it's Miss Sone. Miss Sone. <laughs> sure. I don't even wow. know what that means. That was a much better word than I yeah. would come up with. But what what are some, because um, that's actually a good point you're making of like what the world sees as, as qualifications for leadership. Um, it, what are some of those things that the world thinks qualifies a leader? That the world qualifies? Leader? Yeah. Um, I think I, I mentioned a couple. Um, yeah. I think um, for one, anybody who's... Uh, you know, you have to be a talker. You have to talk. I mean, that's what pastors mm-hmm. do. They teach. They talk. Somebody who, you know, has is good with words. Some people just aren't good with words. I'm one of those people. Um, some people are really good with words to where, you know, they just say, go up there and it just flows. Yeah. Right? Whether you're Christian or not, like, there are people uh, like that. So I, I feel like people look at that a lot. Um, do you think that's different from when Scripture says able to teach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. What do you guys I mean, think the distinction is? To teach and to is? talk is, I mean, the two big differences, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll hit on a bunch of good ones that are you know reasons why people kind of get elevated um a big one i think one of the easiest ones to kind of see is that someone gets elevated based on their their gifts different gifts that they have a big one being the gift of just good public speaking there's a ton of good public speakers out there a ton of good secular Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good public speakers out there that you know get a lot of attention draw large crowds because of it um I think part of this, not not all of it, not every situation, but I think um, one that has, I think, risen is um, you know our episode two. I think we talked about the whole movement of I love Jesus, but I hate religion and will. In that, you kind of said um, young people want to, you know, do things just do things differently than their parents or than than uh, previous generations. And I think, I think this can also, this can be a negative side effect of that mindset of, I want to deny all those, you know, kind of 
religious things that my parents did. I want to, you know, have these new kind of speakers that, you know, I don't want to just stick to the strict set of rules that, you know, the Bible sets out, you know, this guy's a really good speaker. He draws huge crowds. Therefore he must be qualified. He must be qualified to do these things and teach these things. You know, even if, you know, the foundations aren't strictly set on what the Bible Mm -hmm. says. Yeah. I mean, do you think just desire alone is a good enough reason? Somebody who wants to be a pastor? Absolutely not. No. Which, which is interesting that you bring that up because mm-hmm. I think nowadays I feel like it, it can be pushed that way where it's like all you need is like um, feel called. Like, yeah, like yeah. if if you if you want it so badly, it's obvious that God has put that in you, mm-hmm. and so you know, like go for it. Yeah, just like pursue it at all costs. It must yeah. it must be true because you feel like it. Right. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, but if these other things aren't showing to be true about your character, right. you know, if you don't, if you're not a man of high character if you're not a man who's above reproach, if you're not able to teach, you know, et cetera, if you don't have a gentle, quiet spirit about you, you know, if you're not self-controlled, then your desire is probably misplaced. You know, you're probably wanting to be in that position for a reason other than... To serve. Yeah. Yeah, those standards are there for a reason to, to look at, to judge, and to test, you know, the people we put in these positions. Yeah, which is interesting to me, like, as I was kind of thinking on that and looking at this, like, these lists that we have in Scripture when, um, where Paul's saying, like, hey, you know, looking to get some elders together, like, they need to be these kinds of men. Um, Mm -hmm. It really struck me that really everything that he's saying is, like, I was kind of picturing in my mind, like, a person of this, you know, that who looks like this. Um, And... I kind of landed on someone who's just like, this sounds like someone who's just like a quiet, solid person in the church who you just like, you look up to that person. You're like, that is a man who's just carries himself with honor and respect and humility and has just like a quiet spirit. And yet how often is it not that person who gets pushed into leadership, but it's the person who's charismatic energetic mm-hmm. brings a fire you know might be a little quick tempered here and there but yeah, like but it's okay yeah but like oh man but that that temper is good because yeah. it like it it, it shows passion yeah and it yeah. captivates the people yeah. this that like we need that you know we mm-hmm. need that energy in our pulpit yeah. and it's like nowhere is that mm-hmm. you the know standard yeah all, god ever. never yeah. says that like hey i want energy in the pulpit that's right. going to bring people to me yeah i want no yeah, yeah. nor is that disqualifying right, right. well I'd I'd say quick tempered. Yeah. Okay. Is specifically energetic and charismatic. Yeah. 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 That's okay. That's a time and place for. Yeah. There are different place. types of people that still meet these yeah. qualifications. Yeah. I mean, you have even the pastors, the kind of like the different kind of pastors we listen to. You know, you have your um, John Pipers that are a little more quiet. You could, you know barely understand him how quiet he talks and then you know you have paul washer who cries the whole time and then you know you have your more more energetic pastors that like a little more matt chandler yeah like very passionate yeah like yelling they try to you know drive the point you know into your head like there's different kind of pastors out there okay what's his face oh i shouldn't have said anything because i can't think of his name doesn't matter okay but speaking of matt chandler Uh oh so what are some things that would disqualify someone from an eldership role? Someone who is, um, 
someone who's in that role who meets these requirements, what are some things that could happen that would then disqualify someone and what would be the the approach to that? What do you guys think? I mean, since we, we have our standards right here, right, before us, right? So I feel like whenever... I guess it feels weird to say that like when one of the big standards gets broken because, I mean, you know, sin is sin. But I feel like if, you know, I don't know, if that particular pastor, like, I don't know, yells at somebody, you know, gets angry, like, I don't know if that's enough reason to um, Mm -hmm. kick them out of their position. But say he cheats on his wife, that's a little bit different, right? I think we we would all agree with that, right? Um, So I feel like it's it's up kind of to discretion, like what it is. You just kind of have to use, you know, wisdom and kind of, yeah. navigate that situation like that so it would be a different situation for a different um different solution for every diff- for every situation i'd say yeah i think kind of like the differentiation between those those two statements or you know someone kind of making a hot-headed statement or something versus mm-hmm. you know committing adultery right it's something that loses or affects the trust of the body that they are right. appointed over Right. You know, like you said, sin is sin. Yeah. Sin, all sin should be addressed, right. especially when it's someone who is, you know, above the congregation, not above the yeah. congregation, but, you know, yeah. shepherding the congregation. Right. I mean, because I feel like that's that position, a lot of it is based on trust, just like any other like relationship that, you know, you'd have with anybody, your friends, your spouse. I feel like that same relationship is, uh, you know, with your church. You're saying you're, you know, you're shepherd to the, so to speak, the sheep. Um, and that's that's kind of what you have to be. And what do you guys, I guess, kind of keep us moving here. What do you guys think about um, letting, like, other random people preach at your church? Like, the church that I go to, like, you'll have a random trucker from Nebraska driving by, calls the pastor <laughs> Sunday morning and said, hey, I'm driving by. I preach at my church. Can I preach at your church? And typically, usually, the, I feel like the answer is yes every time. The guy, right. guy pulls up and... You know, as long as he has a rubashka and pants, if he's got a good on. good name, you know, it's not yeah. someone who's like, "Hey, I've heard yeah. about you." Right. Yeah. You know, it's, and he pulls up to your church, and your pastor's like, "Hey, you can preach." Like we were actually short one guy. You right. Know, you, you can preach, and he goes up there, and who knows what he's going to talk about, right? I feel like that's pretty. That that's. I don't think that's a good idea. Kind I think of a loose vetting process. Very yeah. I mean, no vetting process at all. I feel like as a shepherd, the way the shepherd guards his sheep, like a, like he doesn't like he watches them the whole time keeps them you know if they're out he's watching that keeps them in the fence like he doesn't let anything you know come up to them that he doesn't trust right and i feel like you need to use the same process i'm not saying yeah there should be only one preacher i'm saying that there needs to be um a vetted group of preachers that you know hey i know your theology i know um what you're going to be talking about and i sh- i know i don't know personally but i know um a, one of my favorite preachers he's the, the head uh preacher he's a teacher and a pastor of a church and before he preaches a sermon Sunday morning, he brings in his notes to the elders and he shows them exactly what he's going to be talking about. Yeah. And he's a senior, like the pastor and he shows the elders, like here are my notes. You know, like basically they, they vet the senior pastor and that we have so other churches that don't even vet random dudes that pull up to the church because they want to preach. That is, that's you know? super awesome. That's yeah. so respectable to see and like awesome to hear. Cause I've, I, I didn't really grow up in church. I didn't grow up uh, consistently going to any church. Um, it wasn't until my adult life that I was outside of the home um, that I started consistently going to churches. And I've been in church bodies where this, you know, the 
the leadership and the eldership of the church has done uh, really well and really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, the church we go to now, or the so a church that the church I went to that did this poorly would be more in that uh, category of like if anyone literally probably in the middle of service would have said, Hey, I have something to say. doesn't matter if it is someone you've never met in your life. They would have gotten on that stage, given a mic and, you know, they can go to town and say whatever they want. Right now. Um, I love the way the church I go to now is set up. Shout out Commonwealth. They, the eldership, the position of, of eldership and the, and the responsibility of leading the church is taken so seriously um the responsibility of teaching is taken so seriously and you know for us it is the elders that um that that are on the stage doing the teaching i think you know i'm trying to think there we've had guests um guest pastors but they are uh, people that have a personal relationship with the elders um for one for two i'm i now, there is one person that um, comes up and teaches that's not an elder. They work for the church, but they are someone I know the elders, every single one of the elders have a deep personal relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, but have, he, but have, he goes to that church. Goes to that right. church. Right, so that's, you, you kind of know what that dude's about, like, you know, right? He's not yeah. a random guy. And he, while he is not an elder, meets, prob- most likely, again, I this isn't a conversation I've had with them, but knowing the elders and the way they, they um, structure things would meet the qualifications of being an elder. Because you can meet the qualifications. Christian men can meet the qualifications of being an elder with, while not being an elder. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean everyone who meets is, is these qualifications elder, right? yeah, is automatically yeah. elected an elder in yeah. the church. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, to kind of continue on that, you know, talking about people who just should anyone be allowed to just come in and, and share a word, you know, teach your your flock? Um, Acts 20, verse... Oh, just, oh verse 28 uh, says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Um, so right out of the jump, you have this warning of like, hey, those of you who are overseers, pay careful attention, not yeah. only to other people in your midst, but also to yourselves. Like pay attention. Why? Because there are wolves coming in who are going to be trying to, you know, leading astray the flock. Um, whether that means men who are aware of what they're doing or, um, you know, a, a troublesome spirit inside of men who aren't even aware of what they're doing, but are just, you know, in ignorance leading people away. Yeah. That is a reality. Has been since day one. Always will be while mm-hmm. we're on this broken earth, right? No one, no one's church is safe from that. Completely safe, right? So firstly, to allow people within your own church just come up and kind of like, you know, teach whatever they want is already like, hey, you got to be pay, paying careful attention. Yeah. And then to to allow people outside of your church just to come in and just share what they want, even more so, like, come on, like, you're the shepherd of your flock. Would you, if I was a shepherd out, you know, in pasture, you know, little Betty Bo Peep 
whatever her name is. That's me, right? Oh. I'm out there in the fields. Mm. I got my sheep. Mm. I'm not just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let all these random other animals just come in. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a there's a horse, come on in. Yeah. There's a you, cow, baby. come on in. There's a dog, come on in. There's a wolf, come on in. Oh, no, what have I done? You know? <gasps> I got to pay careful attention. You got to put those the fences horse, up. Or else you might let in a wolf. Right. That, that's my point exactly <laughs> like you got to put the got to put the fences up there's got to be some sort of structure yeah. of of accountability of oversight right um and i think i mean as we can see i think we think that the scripture is clear on this yeah yeah we're we're definitely in yeah i mean i feel like you, you can kind of look at this as a, a, a family essentially like would you allow a random person to come and teach yeah. or raise your family for you i don't think you would you would take sole responsibility like for a that. babysitter like a, yeah exactly like a babysitter that's why we are against like babysitters. babysitters i'm just kidding yep <laughs> but, but you know that makes sense right just it, yeah for if sure. you're essentially the pastor is kind of like a father over a family over a church mm-hmm. so i mean you gotta if you, i feel like if you look at it that way um it makes more sense of how kind of you can see how um intently you have to watch and care and not only watching the outside like the the flanks you have to look inside because sometimes one of your sheep can turn into a wolf, you know, and you need to see and you need to recognize that, and you know you need to fix that sometimes. So it's right. a, it's a it's a lot of work. It's not as um, not as easy as it seems sometimes. Not cut and dry. Nope. Yeah. Um, w- one other question then that I have here is, say you have somebody that meets the qualifications, um, but they're not like they don't want to be an elder should they be kind of forced into eldership or like into pastorship you know someone who's kind of like uh, i don't really want to do this like do you think that's still right to place them in that position or for them or for them to pursue that position while in their heart being really like to. i don't really want to be doing this i think it it would have to be approached very prayerfully and have a lot of conversations about it i think you know why do you not want this? Not, not in a sense of this is a good thing. Why do you not want this? But like, you know, if you truly have this is, you know, desire to not be in this position, why is that? Mm-hmm. Cause there is, I think kind of a, a minimum standard of all men should have a desire to at the very least lead their home. So there is some sort of kind of minimum standard of leadership that, all men should have. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- if there's someone saying like, I have no desire to lead anything. I do not want to be in a position of, of authority or responsibility at all. You know, why is that? And kind of having conversations about that. It's a good point. I like that. Um, I kind of set this up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> um, so first <laughs> Peter, Chapter five. I'm sorry I did you guys this way. I apologize. Yeah, make us look and like fools. W- <laughs> he, he comes in for the save. You let me ramble like and just... Dummies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, First Peter chapter five, verses two and three um, says, this is Peter, which is cool because it's like we have words from James talking about eldership, Paul, um, Luke's writing about it. We got Peter writing about it. Um, he says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Hmm. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but mm-hmm. being examples to the flock. Um, I think, and I don't want to like, you know, be those guys who are like, 
oh, the church is this and that and had, you know, like we're all the curmudgeons. But I think that there at times can be, or maybe I've just seen it in my own life. Maybe I'm just, you know, projecting, but where it's like men are in pastorship or eldership for a while, right? A decade, two decades. And they start to lose that willingness Mm. or that eagerness. And it starts to become something that they just feel obligated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that they're just doing under compulsion at a certain point. It's just like, man, I've bared with these people for so long, you know, like I've Mm. carried this, that I'm just constantly getting berated for this and that. And it's just this, this road is so tough. And, you know, like two decades down, I don't see any fruit and, but I'm just going to still pastor them because if I don't, you know, like this is what God has called me to obviously. So I should just keep doing it. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, Peter's saying like, Hey, I mean, and I think Peter's writing this because this happens, right? Yeah. Anybody can get burnt out. Yeah, right. And it's like, and Peter's reminding us, like, hey, if you get to that point, if you're in a leadership capacity where you start to feel like it's no longer, you're doing it willingly and you're no longer doing it eagerly um, and you're not doing it as an example, but more so you're just becoming someone who's domineering. You know, you're you're becoming short with them. You just want to try to control them because it's just not a good time anymore. It's like, hey, there should be, take a pause, you know, a heart check and like reevaluate, like what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? Why should I be doing this? Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. I'll go. So, so so someone you're saying an elder who kind of recognizes that happening within their, within themselves um, should take it upon themselves to take a hiatus, a leave of absence and step down. I think that could accord, be very helpful. I think depending on kind of like yeah, how you were saying, you know, consider it prayerfully. Like yeah. for some men, it would be helpful to step back and take a break. For other I, men, maybe it'd be something else. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I know pastors who <laughs> yeah. have, um, yeah, just gone through kind of overwhelming seasons of, of their job and of their duties and um, have gotten burnt out and just kind of taken, you know, a week, two weeks, a month to step back. And I think a big thing that I've seen from, from pastors when they do that is they step back to spend time with God, not step back to step away from everything and just spend time on themselves and, you know, ignore the calling that they've been placed into, but step, step back to make sure that they reevaluate and evaluate themselves properly in their own relationship with God to make sure that they are doing things properly and right. And then when they are ready, stepping back up. Yeah. Here's another question you guys may or may not have thought about it. Um, but like, where do you draw the line between like a, a bad pastor, I guess you can call it. And then one that's technically not bad, doesn't do anything wrong, but isn't really kind of doing past his pastoral duties you know it's not bad but he's not he's he's not like 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 we've been talking about like he just whoever wants to comes up and preaches like he's not really like shepherding the flock he's kind of just like watching and just kind of like just like just letting this machine kind of just like turn while Mm -hmm. like he's in charge of it yeah Um, like like at what point are you like all right this guy might not be a good pastor he's just good at he just so happens to be good at managing people and he knows how to run a church like is he still a good pastor what like what do you think just thoughts yeah that's that's a good point because i think 
I think in the Western church, especially like a lot of churches are just kind of becoming very Your business co- corporate. Yeah. 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 And it, and it's kind of becoming just like, Hey, as long as you have these leadership, you know, like not the biblical qualifications for leadership, but like, Hey, like you just seem like people just kind of flock to you. You know, you just, you just have this, you know, persona or people just like tend to follow you where you go. You'll mm-hmm. make a great pastor, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then, you know, they form a church around that where you're just kind of like, you're saying like, you're not actually on the ground doing the things that God has called yeah. pastors to do when it comes to, you know, you know, overseeing souls and like shepherding people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a difference between that and between someone who's like immoral, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that would be like a, like a bad pastor in my mind. Maybe yeah. this isn't what you meant, but I was thinking like an immoral pastor, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. we've had in the past several years, we've had some very high profile pastors who, you know, it was exposed that they were just living in heinous sin, yeah. you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, that's a bad pastor. Like <laughs> yeah. that is a pastor living in wickedness and that is mm-hmm. horrible. Obviously, you know, be removed from that and, and may God, you know, restore them. Um, but, but when it comes to someone who's, yeah, just like not doing the actual pastoral stuff, I think, I mean, and hopefully this is happening where churches are, you know, holding their pastors to a certain standard while also not burdening them, you know, un in an unfair way, Mm. but where they're actually asking the pastors these questions of like, Hey, this is what a pastor ought to be doing. Like, and if you're not doing these things, like we can't rightly call you a pastor mm-hmm. cuz you're not pastoring. Right. And I think that's also and this might be kind of a different topic but like what even is what does it mean to pastor? Yeah. You know, does it mean yeah. that you come in 8 to 5 and you yeah, make sure the lights are still on in your church and that you guys are still have, you know, mm-hmm. you're just managing the the events? Right. Or does it mean something yeah, else I feel entirely? Like, yeah, I feel like that it it'll for every Every church, it'll look different. I feel like a bigger church, it might be, like, hard for a pastor to, like, call every single member. Hey, what's going up? Like, what's going on? Like, anything you guys we need to pray about? Anything we need to talk about? Right? That'd be pretty tough, like, if you have 2,000 members, right? Absolutely. Compared yeah. to, like, you have 50 people in your church. Like, you can visit, you know, in, in two months, three months, you can stop by every single member's house and, yeah. you know, talk with them, pray with them, have, you know, fellowship. So I feel like it would look different for um, every church. But I feel like it, it makes sense in a small church. You can you can at least it's more uh, vivid in a small church your pastoral activities. But I'm not entirely sure how you would be able to see that in a big church. Um, I don't know if you had an answer to that question before you asked it. Um, well, maybe this kind of now I have to kind of confess that <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh, I, well, no. no, no, that I just like I don't. I struggle to see how mega churches operate mm-hmm. yeah. in a true like Gospel biblical centered. yeah like in the way that god intended it almost like and yeah. i don't i don't and i don't mean that to say like all mega churches are wrong and this that and there's no free like no i'm not going that far yeah but yeah i struggle to see how it's like these things that the bible kind of lays out and like shows like hey this is how the church ought to operate it seems like the mega church framework struggles to fit into that yeah Yeah, like and that's one of the things where you're saying like the pastor literally he can't yeah it's not his fault he has eight thousand people under him and it's like how can he pastor all these people i don't yeah no they just have 413 elders and they delegate (laughs) which which i think like that's is a great way 
to do. I don't know like, if they actually do that. That in my head, that was the only plausible. I know there are churches that. that do, and they yeah. should. You know, you should yeah. at least you should have elders over, you know, people. And but it's sad that it's easy to slip into a mega church and not have any accountability. Oh yeah, that was you know not yeah. when I was saying I didn't grow up in a consistent church environment. If we went to church, nine times out of ten, it was to get in and get out of you know our local mega church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, switch gears a little bit. Um, I, I feel like there's there's something to be said um, about a pastor who preaches the entire counsel of God. I think we've seen um, a lot of times, especially lately, a lot of your more popular uh, pastors and leaders they'll you know they'll they'll focus on the like the the really happy, the really light you know um, topics of the Bible. Like you you won't hear you go to their church, you won't hear anything about sin. You won't hear anything yeah. about hell or wrath or repentance, anything like that. Like you know, Christian TED Talks. Exactly. Like you'll hear like all the, like the, the warm, fuzzy stuff that makes makes you feel good when you leave and it's going to get you to come back because it felt good, right? So I feel like out of all these standards we've talked about, I think that one's got to be somewhere up, up top. Like they're all, they're all on top. They're all on the top shelf. But I think we for sure have to throw that up there because I don't think we've mentioned that. Um, I don't like know if you... Preaching the whole council of God? Yeah, preaching yeah, the yeah. entire entire council of God. And whether that's, you know, even less, I guess... It's not really less biblical, but even on political things like uh, same-sex marriage or abortion. Like, I feel like that is the pastor's job to handle because if he doesn't address it, the people are going to want answers. And you know where they're going to go? They're going to they're gonna go to the internet. Yeah. And who knows, you know, who they land on. Maybe they land on somebody good and maybe they land on somebody bad. And then that's whenever, like... Like, like we mentioned earlier, like sometimes it's your, you know, sometimes it's rebellion within the church. You don't, it doesn't even have to be from outside, you know? So I feel like it's um, really important for a pastor to, you know, to, to cover the entire scope of the Bible and sometimes even, even like outside of the Bible. To not shy away from things that the Bible doesn't shy away from. Right. And there's obviously right and wrong ways to do that. There's Mm -hmm. ways that pastors can do that um, from a, you know, a hyper-political sense or a hyper-emotional sense that, you know, can fall into some of these things that go against the qualifications that the Bible lays out for a pastor, you know, treating certain topics certain ways or elevating certain things um, or certain people from the pulpit. So there's there's a balance that has to be done to that for sure, that, you know, to not shy away from things, to address things, but to address them from a biblical standpoint and in a in a biblical way. Yeah, um, Paul in Acts chapter 20, um, he's talking about this as he's um, leaving, I think he's leaving at Ephesus, I'm not sure, but he's leaving this group of people that he's been with for a while, um, and he says, therefore, in verse 26, therefore I testify you to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Mm. So it's very interesting to see that in Paul's mind, he's literally mm. like, Hey, look, I can leave you guys with a clear conscience um, that I have not hid any truths from you for yeah. any personal gain or whatever, like, you know, for any reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's super important for a pastor to be able to do that, you know, like. like even at the expense of, you know, putting butts in seats, you know, because that's what yeah. essentially that, that's what keeps the lights on. You know, you don't have people to, you know, tithe and give money like i mean that's really tempting isn't it like it's you know that if you preach on this there will be people that aren't going to be coming back right so it's really tempting to um to just you know stay on this you know one-sided 
type messages. And we see that works. The churches that don't touch those topics are usually the bigger churches, um, you know, with more, more money in them. And then yeah. your churches that are a bit more conservative talk about the things nobody else wants to talk about. They're usually a bit smaller. Yeah, it's the whole seeker-sensitive yeah. kind of mindset. Right. So what do you guys think we're... Where, where we fit into this. Like, yeah, are we qualified as, to even speak? As, as I, whispering into your guys' ears. Yeah. I really wanted to ask this mm-hmm. so that you guys could answer it. Yeah. Oh, you don't um, have an answer? Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, don't I'll have answer it. I don't I'll, have I'll answer. answer it as a absolute yes. Um, yeah, wait, t- what's the question? Are we qualified to Oh, to so, teach? oh you think we're qualified? Absolutely. To, to, oh, hold on. I like qualified this. to teach or qualified to have a podcast? Cause I, Both. I like to view this as we're not teaching, we are having conversations and recording it. And, yeah. and if you so, just so happen to learn something, to that's on you. That's not on us. Well, well, then let's delineate. Like, why would delineate. why is what we are doing different from what we are talking about? What I think. Can you say that again? <laughs> so, well, I actually think what we are doing is different from what um, we see Paul and James and yeah. like oh, Peter. Yeah. Like, they're, what they're discussing is there's a local congregation. And they're talking about people being entrusted to certain men, mm-hmm. right? And they're saying, hey, look, we're passing on this truth to you to safeguard it and to pass it along to this specific body of people. Um, Paul even says, he says, I think when he's talking to Titus, um, that he's to set up elders in every city, right? So that's the type of people we're talking about when we're talking about leadership qualifications. We're talking about people who are given a responsibility over a certain you know, demographic or whatever, certain peoples. Yeah. We're not in that capacity. We haven't no. been... You know, given that authority, we don't claim any authority over anyone listening to this podcast. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't have any teaching authority over you guys. We don't have any responsibility for you guys. We're responsible to the word of God. Yeah. I was going to say, make sure there is a a certain amount of responsibility we have to, you know, as Christian men. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're responsible in that we're, you know, (laughs) rightly dividing the word of truth for sure. But to say that, um, you know, we're in this position of, of teaching and we need to be in this certain, like, like we don't hold ourselves to that. And I think that's another thing to say that it's like, if there are, you know, other podcasts you guys are listening to or other like sermons or whatever, um, outside of your own church, understand that like you need to be in a local body mm-hmm. where you are being watched over, you know, by elders and by pastors and you're sitting under their teaching. Like this supplemental stuff like we're doing is not the same thing. Yeah. It will not feed yeah. your soul like a local congregation yeah. does. Like yeah. this is extra. So yes. I think yeah. So I think this is different. Um, Absolutely. Now, Will, if you believe that you're blameless and above reproach, yeah. <gasps> I mean, we do fall under those. Ca- like even in in Titus, like we've. I mean, from what I understand, like we we kind of we fall under those. Um, um, even though you know we're not responsible to you guys, but we we still have to adhere to those um, to that list of things. Like I mean, Chris, you're. You know, husband a, one a husband, wife. one wife. Johnny, you're a husband, one wife. One wife. That's right. I'm a boyfriend of one girlfriend. So it's <gasps> what? Like it's podcast official, <laughs> baby. No, so like, like we fall under all of those, and we have to. And I feel like, like if you if you didn't fall under one of those, like I would call you out on it and be like, hey, I don't yeah. think you should be yeah, here with yeah. us because you're addicted to much wine, or you're you know arrogant, quick temper. Yeah, like you're doing this for the money because you know how much money we're rolling in here, right? It's crazy. Raking <laughs> um, it in. Honestly, you guys wouldn't believe it. Yeah, but and the thing is, like, I think a lot of times what will kind of get us not get us but people will like bring up like oh like you guys are too young to teach or to preach you don't know enough right mm-hmm. and like i don't know if i heard this quote somewhere or if i made this up 
Um, I, I honestly don't remember. We're obviously qualified. Yeah. No, no, no. But it's like it's like with like with great age or with like lots of age, it doesn't necessarily mean great wisdom or abundant yeah. wisdom. You know, that's not where wisdom comes from. Wisdom there comes. Are ignorant old people. Yeah, wisdom comes from the for, from the Lord, and that's where you know it's not because you're old and you've seen a lot of things. That's why you're wise. You're like you're wise because um, the Lord imparts wisdom on you. Because there are a lot of really dumb old people. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to just come out and say that I love old people. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> There's just a lot of really dumb I ones. Think th- there is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love old people. <laughs> if you're old and you're listening to this, we love you. What is old even? Yeah, well, just older than us. We're yeah. young. Yeah. We're children. We are. No, not old is not just simply older than us. We are all in our in our late twenties. Matt, you're not going to call someone who's 35 years old old. I'll do it right now. I'll <laughs> do it. There goes there goes a chunk of our no, but um, you know what's funny is in in <laughs> in Timothy in this list of qualifications it says to avoid irreverent babble. So all that to say, that wasn't that's irreverent. Hilarious. I thought it was very <laughs> irreverent. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to kind of you know as we close out, um, I think it's important to to consider Christ and his position in in all of this, right? Like. We can sit here and we understand that no church is perfect, no pastor is perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, we can sit here and tear down all these different churches, mega churches, conservative churches, whatever, for all the reasons like, oh, you're doing it wrong, you know, you know, you know we <laughs> hate old people, stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, that's not going to, you know, yeah. there is Christ who reigns above us all. Mm-hmm. Christ, who is Christ, who is our great and perfect shepherd, right? There are over-shepherds, I mean, I'm sorry, under-shepherds, which are who we're talking about, um, who have some responsibility. But Christ will keep his own. Christ will leave the 99 to find the one, mm-hmm. right? Christ is the true shepherd. Yeah, um, I was going to, sorry, for those of you who are only listening because we have no visual of this episode, I, I raised my hand to Come say in, something like off. I was in a, in a classroom, but it's actually just a commentary on First um, Peter 5, where you're reading from. Mm-hmm. Um, blah, blah, blah. The title, Shepherd, the title brings out the relationship of Christ's pastoral care and work to that of the church leaders who serve as under-shepherds responsible to the chief shepherd. I like the way that worded that to kind of go along with what you were saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and all that to say, like, if you're listening to this and you feel like you're in a church where you're like, man, like they're doing it wrong or whatever, you know, and you're, and you're discouraged and disheartened by maybe your elders or by the way that, you know, sermons are delivered in your church. Um, I want to kind of encourage you guys to take heart in Christ as your true shepherd, you know, like he will see you through, he will hold you fast. Um, we're in no place to tell you, like, you need to leave your church if X or Y. You know, we're not going to do that. Um, that's something that you need to prayerfully consider, and you need to talk to your elders, and you need to consider, you know, so many different options before you make any decisions like that. But in all of that, just understand that, like, Christ has you, you know? You can be confident in in him. And there are good churches out there. There are good elders out there that, mm-hmm. that Christ has empowered and who he he upholds to um, rightfully watch over his flock. So like Commonwealth City Church in Lexington, <laughs> yes, Kentucky. Shout out Columbia Avenue. We love our pastors and our elders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with all that to say, like, 
Christ has us. You can have your confidence in him. Thank you for listening to Solo Christo. We hope that you found this episode insightful and encouraging to your walk with Christ. Please consider leaving a review and feel free to check us out on Instagram to continue the conversation and weigh in on future topics.